Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive-In. Folks, we have tackled several different categories as you have followed along with us um, each and every week here on the Music City Drive-In. Today, we are going to dive right into the costume design. And also, Jacob and I are going to give our thoughts on Netflix's new release, Dolomite Is My Name, which is a highly talked about film all over the world. And as always, I am joined by my partner in crime here, Jacob. How are you today, buddy? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm pretty excited. Um, I won't lie to you. One of my favorite things to look forward to each and every week now is when I get a text message from you that says, Ricky, Ricky, email. Like, I don't even read the text. I just dive right into my email knowing that... Um, that we have got a, a, another screener up on the uh, radar. And to be honest with you, we've talked a lot over the last week or so because we both re we both released our 2020 Oscar predictions on our websites um, fully. I mean, I know you had already kind of done it, but we kind of formally kind of put it out there for the world to see as well at the same time. But we've also gone over and done a full-fledged Music City drive-in makeover. Um, we have... Uh, we have our own Twitter account now, the MCDI Pod. Um, follow us there, folks. Um, we're transitioning into everything being the Music City Drive-In. Uh, Jacob and I have got, like, we have just hit it off from the go, and we've got some ideas to t kind of take this to the next level, and we're really excited about it. And the only way to do that was to kind of let ourselves, let let Jacob be Jacob in his world of movie reviews on you know, the Visual Profit website and then myself as well with the sports script. But then at the same time, we come together, we review these movies, we check out these screeners, we talk about them, we talk about the Oscars, but we do it together as a collective whole. Uh, Jacob, I'm really excited about what we've got going on and the change has been pretty awesome and it's been received very well by a lot of people. Yeah, I've, um, I mean, like Ricky said, uh, we're still going to be you know, doing our reviews, uh, doing our written reviews separately, but coming together, I mean, this is something we're trying to make this grow. Um, so if you guys could also help, you know, sharing, uh, following us on Twitter, I can't, I, I zoned out for a second. So I know if you said it, but it's at MCDI pod on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us there. You can follow us on each of our own personal Twitters and, um, kind of help this grow uh we're trying to get to a lot of do a lot of stuff for you guys come december uh, and especially come next summer um we got a lot of stuff in the works we're trying to get out to you guys so just keep supporting us and i hope you guys are starting to like the the new rebrandment of what we've been doing i know ricky and i put a lot of work into it um so we hope it's going to start paying off yeah, we're really excited about it, folks. And folks, before we dive into the costume design, we've kind of crafted the way we are doing these episodes now by talking about a movie and then kind of leading into something from that movie that's going to be nominated potentially for an Oscar. And Dolomite is my name is definitely, definitely one of those things that's going to be talked about a lot. So we're going to talk a little bit about Dolomite is, is my name it is based loosely on uh, a factual true story here and there a little bit. So we might dive into a little bit of spoilers. I don't think we're going to cross any, you know, super duper spoilers because it is pretty cut and dry from start to finish. But um, folks, I will put a stamp mark for when we do talk about the, the costume design in the notes. If you want to if you haven't seen Dolomite Knows My Name, which if you haven't, please go watch it right now because it's fantastic. But um, we're going to go ahead and dive right into Dolomite Is My Name, the review, and then we're going to tackle the costume design as well. 
All right, folks, as promised, Jacob and I are going to dive into Dolomite Is My Name. The movie was directed by Craig Brewer. Um, obviously, Netflix produced it. But uh, Eddie Murphy portrays real-life legend Rudy Ray Moore, a comedian and a rap pioneer who proved naysayers wrong when his hilarious, obscene, kung-fu-fighting alter-ego Dolomite became a 1970s blacksploitation phenomenon. Blacksploitation. Black, black there we go. I'm sorry. I'm just uh, illiterate and can't read off of IMDb, apparently, guys. Um, but um, this story is funny. I mean, it, it's hilarious. Before this movie... I'll be honest with you. I really didn't know anything about Rudy Ray Moore. Jacob, do you know anything about who, who or what Rudy Ray Moore was? Um, I, 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 no, I can't, I can't even lie and say I did. Um, you know, I, it seems, it seems like he was a big influence on a lot of comedians, especially guys like Eddie Murphy, um, just with his style of characterization and with his kind of obscene, type of comedy yeah um but personally i had no idea yeah me neither and and i think that's what made the film a little bit better for me is not not knowing the the um the background of rudy and what his story was like because you know this this the story kind of gave you that that uh disaster artist feel you know what i'm saying like it kind of had that similar tone but in a very more up you know very hard hardcore comedic way versus disaster artist wasn't necessarily uh comedic in, in certain ways as well but um some big things that really stuck out to me was obviously we could talk all day about how amazing the soundtrack is the soundtrack of this film is just just that motown nice r&b soul music that it's just from start to finish it was amazing um, I, one big thing that I loved about this film was the cinematography. I thought it was just a beautiful film. I love the way that on certain shots, and I, and I talked about it on Twitter a little bit, but there's there's just certain shots that stood out to me that kind of brought that very old school vibe to the film that was really nice to see. I mean, obviously, the, the where it was set, it's set in that time frame of the 70s. And it being set there, you know, you, you've got a lot of color in that time frame. And it's it's just beautiful. you got all sorts of different loud colors. you got the purples. You've got the yellows. You've got the reds. You've got the, you know, you've got the all-white outfits. You've got the, I mean, obviously, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the costume design by Ruthie Carter, who is one of the best to ever do it, um, is fantastic as well in this. Um what were your thoughts, Jacob? What do you, what do you think about uh, kind of what obviously a Eddie Murphy and then kind of your thoughts on the soundtrack and the cinematography as well? Um, yeah, before I I mean before I get to the movie as a whole, the soundtrack was great. Like you said, it had that Motown, just that soul yeah. kind of vibe uh, throughout. Um, the cinematography was great. I mean, going back and looking through the way the lighting um, and the use of you know, the use of the colors and the use of the, the props and, you know, what they had, especially a lot of it was done, you know, up on stages or at a, like a quote unquote stage, um, film set. And so the cinematography was great too. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. When I saw this first trailer, I was not that interested. Um, you know, I was excited for Eddie Murphy to be back, 
Uh, we, I mean, we haven't seen him in anything in a few years. I don't think we've seen him anything in anything good since I, I can't even tell you. Um, but, you know, like Ricky said, this is the Eddie Murphy that we've been wanting um, to come out for a while. This is the Eddie Murphy that we saw in Dream Girls. This is the fun, the charismatic. You can tell he's having fun on stage. You can tell he, you know, is really kind of giving it his all um, rather than, you know, doing some of the other stuff where, I mean, it's funny to an extent, but then it just gets overdone and oversaturated and can get really jarring to watch. Um, This is the type of film to where, you know, it's funny throughout and it tells a real story. And I mean, the story it tells is just like what, uh, what Ricky said, I got major, major disaster artist vibes from this. Um, I think Rudy Ray Moore is probably a little bit saner than, uh, what I can't even remember his name right now. Um, what the room director was yeah, Tommy, Johnny, Tommy. Yeah. Wiz- Tommy, Tommy was, Wiseau. that's right. Yeah. Um, he's probably a little bit more sane than Tommy Wiseau is, but it's the same, the same aspect of, you know, not letting someone tell, you no and, you know, fighting, fighting for what you believe and fighting you know, and what you love to do. Um, I think Eddie Murphy played Rudy incredibly. Um, you know, this is this is a story to where, you know, you've got films like The Disaster Artist, and that's the room is still such a cultural phenomenon. I mean, Tommy Wiseau is still going to screenings; they're still showing it in theaters; they're still doing all that. Uh, I mean, Rudy Ray Moore, he in some aspects probably stuck around, but you know, for the general public we probably didn't know all of uh, who much he, or who he was. Um, so it was incredible, incredible to see Netflix take this risk. Um, you know, I don't think this film gets made in any other distributor. And that's, what's so great about what Netflix does is making movies for people to see of stories that other otherwise wouldn't be made. Um, you know, as I said, Rudy or Eddie plays Rudy phenomenally. I feel like he was probably playing his hero for as a kid growing up um, and especially becoming a comedian first. Um, you know, I there were times where to get in to dissect it just a little bit. There were times where I was wanting him to give that emotional kind of moment Um we got it to an extent and it got cut off. My One of my favorite moments from this film was when Rudy was sitting uh, in front of the mirror and he started singing and he was singing about his dad or, you know, rapping or uh, spoken poem about his dad. And I mean, that that moment to me was heartbreaking. And I wish I wish we got a little bit more of those moments. But at the same time. You know, that would have taken away from the all around fun aspect that the film was trying to portray. And so I'm okay with it. I think Eddie Murphy definitely was a scout. Um, I think he definitely needs award recognition. He's got a Golden Globe nomination locked up, I feel. Um, And the rest of the supporting cast was 
good as well. I thought Divine Joy Randolph as Lady Reed, I thought she was phenomenal. She she might have been right there on par with Eddie Murphy. I think Eddie Murphy's just got a bigger name that will help him carry him into award season. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And that kind of touches on like this cast as a collective whole. I mean, this has got ensemble cast written all over it for SAG. I, I think it's a lock for a nomination there. Um, and to touch more on your point, like what you said about Netflix, like legitimately nobody else was going to make this film. Nobody was. And Netflix set, you know, greenlit it. And I'm sure they probably greenlit it on the notion that Eddie Murphy could be back. And and obviously right now, when you think about it, all of what Netflix has brought to the table here is this award season is going to have a lot of Netflix attached to it. And to know that they're going to fight for Eddie just as much as they're going to fight for, you know, Scorsese and Irishman is fantastic. You know what I mean? But, you know, Eddie was at the, they had the uh, first uh, Grammy, uh, or the Grammy, first uh, Academy Award nomination, uh, sh- you know, show yeah, the other the, night. Uh, the honorary The awards. honorary one. And, you know, Eddie Murphy was the, was the it thing. You know what I mean? You know, they brought him up on stage and, you know, got him up there and stuff like that. But to kind of dive more in this movie, just to, as a collective whole, is, you know, I would agree with you. Randolph was really funny. I thought she was great. Wesley Snipes was magnificent in this film. I loved Wesley Snipes in this film. Everybody played their part very well. It's funny. It was. It's probably the funniest movie I've seen this year. I'll tell you, I won't lie to you guys. I've seen this movie five times now. I watched it four times this past weekend, just like back to back to back almost, because I just wanted to watch it again because it's just so funny. There's certain scenes. To me, my favorite scene and the first, the funniest scene in the entire movie was the filming of the sex scene inside the movie. Yes. It yes. was I have it, I haven't laughed that much in, in one particular scene because when they started the scene and where it ended, you did not see like any of that like like none of that being portrayed at all. And I was completely blown away by all of that. It was so funny. Um, but for me, the scene that really got me, and we had talked a little bit about does he have that Oscar moment in this film, and I feel like he really did was towards the end when they were pulling up to the premiere and they weren't sure anybody was going to be there. And obviously it's a jam-packed house. And everybody goes in to sit down and watch the movie, and he just kind of sits there and he just goes back out there and soaks it all up with the fans. And I just love that scene. It, it, it was just a beautiful scene The it was like a it was like a hat tip you know what i mean it was just it was yeah yeah this is this scene is actually what reminded me of the disaster artist the most um you know this scene and the disaster artist scene i mean like we said the disaster artist is has a little more drama than uh than what this film has but the scene when you know, Tommy gets up and he realizes that his film is making people happy and he just kind of goes through the crowd and he's high fiving people and he's getting that kind of recognition that he had been wanting. Uh, that's what this scene re- reminded me of. This scene reminded me of, you know, uh, Rudy Ray Moore was out there with, you know, people who otherwise, you know, wouldn't be seen and was out there and he was, um, staying with them and hanging out with them and kind of being that hero that, uh, you know, they needed and, uh, just out there just doing his thing. And it was, it was beautiful. Um, you know, I do, I do think if he does get 
the uh, the Oscar nomination. I think this is the scene that they pick, um, just because this scene is this scene was a full culmination of what of what Rudy Ray Moore was and what you know the film tried to be. Yeah, for sure, because it, it it was that triumph. It was the big triumph for him as his character. I will also say this is one of the only scenes that you could really pick um, to probably show on television without getting uh, without really getting bleeped <laughs> out. Oh, but yep. um, listen, I love this film. I I, I can't wait to watch. I think this is going to be a film that people will watch over and over and over and over again, just because I feel like it has high replayability. I gave it four and a half out of five stars, and to be honest with you, I don't know what it was inside me that kept away from giving a five. I tell you what, when I saw it in, I saw it in a theater, which I think added an extra level to it for me. Um, I, I couldn't give it the perfect score, I, and I've even tweeted this out this week where I said I was trying to be better with proclaiming I saw the best movie of the year or whatever it may be until I see everything. It is in my top uh, top 10 right now. I have a loose top 10 where there's not even 10 films in it right now. I think I only have five, but it it is one of those films and it's not going anywhere. It, it's a fantastic film. I loved it. I would highly recommend checking it out because not just to, not just is it funny, but it tells a, a very fun story of overcoming massive obstacles and not stopping for what you want in life. Not not you know, not stopping because somebody else wanted you to stop or is telling you to stop. You overcome and and you push through and you you know, you your dreams come true. You know what I mean? You get knocked down twenty times, you get up twenty one times. You know what I mean? And that's for me is what the fantastic underlining story the film told. Um yeah, no, I agree with everything he said. I gave it four out of five stars. It is my top four out of five, and it's just outside my 10 um, at number 12. Um, I think this, you know, it's a Netflix film, um, which has its moments and has or has its wins and has its losses. Um, this is a film that, you know, it's great that many people can see it, but it's also a film I kind of want to put up on the shelf in my collection. So at Netflix, please sell your movies. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, I, I just reiterate everything he said. Um, and I add on the fact, you know, this, I think it's, it's not only a great film, I think it might be one of the most important films, especially in this day and age, um, with you know how how the country is today and everything. I think this film is something we need that can you know try to help divide people, and I think it's also going to be important for the black community and having them you know see that they can do you know anything they want to do. Um, and seeing someone who did, you know, did what he wanted to do, especially back in a time that really wasn't that kind towards black people um, and seeing him kind of succeed and seeing how he he defied the odds and, you know, became a voice. And so I reiterate everything he said. I give a four out of five. It's a strong four out of five. This, and I've told this to Ricky, this is my, this is the best comedy of the year, but something to say. Um, you know, there's been comedies this year, Good Boys, uh, Book Small, 
aren't coming to mind um, that they don't really have something to say. Uh, this one They're is just definitely funny, the best you know one I mean? with a story and has, yeah, story and has something to say. Um, so I give it a strong four out of five right outside of my top 10. Uh, but it will easily stay in my top 20 throughout the entire rest of the year. Yeah, and, and one last note for me is is I, I feel like this is a year we've had several different important films. Um, this, to me, is one of them. Uh, I, I really reiterate everything you just said. This is one of the big ones. I think when it comes down to this year, the two most important films that I think that we'll see this year is this film and Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, I, I think that what Peanut Butter Falcon stood for and how they characterized it and how they casted Zach Gotsigan for that role really is going to revitalize and really make Hollywood rethink casting individuals. Um, there is people out there that want to act with, 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 you know, various syndromes. So why not cast those individuals in those films? So yes. for me, Dolomite and Peanut Butter Falcon tell two stories of, not just overcoming, but just two underlining, honest to God, like everybody needs to see type of stories. We see a lot of bad things and a lot of bad things do happen. But at the end of the day, I think Hollywood needs to get better and in doing this. And I just I can't appreciate Netflix enough for making this film because to me, like no one else would have exactly. And, and knowing that they did. And knowing that Netflix is around to make film and to, I don't know, for me personally, like give give a guy like me that wants to write a movie, that wants to, you know, film one day, that wants to make a, you know, there's more opportunities today because of Netflix and because of Amazon and because of some of these streaming outlets and and Netflix was the was the starter of that. You know what I mean? They they jumpstart all of it. You know there you know if there wouldn't be a an HBO Go necessarily or HBO you know all these other things that are bursting out. Hulu, say, there wouldn't be a Hulu uh, or Disney know, Plus. Prime, anything like that. You know there wouldn't be any of this other content out there if it wasn't for Netflix pushing the envelope and they're doing it such a bigger scale now, and and providing content to all of us on a weekly, monthly, daily basis that is original. And I can't preface that with that word enough because I, in the, in the day and age of the remakes, the, you know, we have to make Batman 75 times. We have to make another Terminator. We have to make another this. We have to, you know, we got to have another 74 it's and we got to have all of these different films. We got to have another grudge. You know what I mean? Like instead of mm -hmm. making these films, We've got to appreciate these the idea of originality and Netflix being able to give us that is something that I will be forever grateful for because as a lover of film, I can't think what they've done enough and and just saying that to, it, it gets me it gets me hyped because I, like I said, I feel like a guy like me that just has a podcast that people listen to and write movie reviews and stuff like that. I, I, it gives me a, a hope to one day produce or write or something that will be produced by a network because of what Netflix has done. And I can't think of them enough for that. I went on a little yeah. tangent there, but I, um, it just, it just no, it, was. No, it's okay. I wanna, I kinda wanna add on to it just a little bit. Um, you know, stuff like this is what kind of upsets me when the, you know, 
directors of the Academy members kind of come out and they say stuff like, you know, Netflix isn't real cinema or something like that. Um, because Netflix, just like it did with Dolomite is my name. Um, and just like it did last year with probably even more so last year with with Roma, Roma, how many theaters are going to show an almost three hour movie completely in, uh, Spanish about a Spanish family, um, you know, no one's going to do that. Netflix gives that kind of for people to do experimental and creative things. And, you know, if it's not good, turn it off. That's what's so great about Netflix. Um, but to say it's not cinema and to say, you know, Netflix is a TV movie, you know, that's just that's not true at all. Um, if you really think that, then you should be the ones to helping push Netflix into the uh, into the into this more to help them get that palette. Um, so that's all I've got to say about it. I just wanted to kind of add on just a little bit. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And 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 I went on a little tangent, folks. And now we'll kind of get back on track with the reason we talked about Dolomite. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording and hosting. And distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And ridiculously easy to use. And now... Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if all if you've always wanted to start a podcast making money to do it, go to anchor.fm slash start. To join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. My name and, um, you know, was because obviously it's a perfect transition for costume design. Obviously, we could have transitioned to a couple other different categories, but some of which we've already covered. But for me, production, I mean, for uh, costume design was the perfect transition because uh, Ruthie Carter, who who just has a just has a laundry list of beautiful films of of what she's brought to the table and you know her winning that oscar last year was was amazing for um for black panther um she was a several time nominee um for amistad and malcolm x and and she had never won and what she did with black panther and what she brought to the table was truly magnificent and what she brought to this film will easily get her a nomination. Um, she is slotted right at my number one. And to be honest with you, Jacob and I will argue a little bit about this one. But um, it'll per- be the perfect transition for you to pick You know who you think is going to and not just win, but who's in your top slot there, I think, in my opinion, if I remember correctly. But Dolomite, my name, Ruth Carter, that's my number one right now for costume design. And to be honest with you, I would love to see Ruthie Carter win back-to-back Oscars. Um, for me, personally, I loved I loved the costumes in uh in Dolomite. Um, you know, I thought they I thought they were, you know, I thought they were flashy, I thought they were perfect for what they needed. But saying that I chose my number one is Rocket Man. Um, I think Rocket Man throughout the entire year, I think it has had the best costumes, um, you know, recreating Elton John's kind of eccentric costumes, 
but also doing it in its own unique way. If you go look, the costumes are never tit for tat the exact same. Um, I think the only one that might be is the Dodgers costume, but that's because there's not much you can change on that. But they tried to recreate all those beautiful costumes that he used in his concerts and do that in kind of a different way. Um, another reason that I love the costumes in Rocket Man are because they help tell the story. And I can't say that with any other film. I can't say that with Dolomite, with any other film that I have on my list, is that the costumes tell the story. Um, I mean, even the big fiery demon costume that he wears at the very beginning, the further he gets away from, you know, what he was and he begins to start to um, to really become, you know, who he who he is he starts to slowly take off pieces of the costume and slowly change into something. Um, and I think, you know, I think that film, uh, it's got everything that usually wins in costume. It's got the flair, it's got the, the flash. And one thing that it does more than anything else is the costumes help tell the story. And so that's why I've got rocket man at my number one and I don't think I'm going to be moving it out. Yeah, see, Rocket Man's my number two, and and Julian Day did a magnificent job on this on this film. The thing about it is, is everything you said, I can't argue with. You know what I mean? Like I can't. Like Rocket Man, the way it was, it's still it, it it's still one. I watched it maybe two weeks ago, I think it was, and when I watched it, I was I was just in awe how beautiful that film was. Um, because it told the story of Elton John in every aspect you mentioned. Uh, Elton John was a very flamboyant, very loud guy, not just in his, in his self, but like, you know, not just his, but his characteristics, his character was so loud and it was just, had this beautiful piece of art always on him at all times. And, and, and being able to capture that on film is, is amazing it, it is amazing if ruthie carter for some reason would lose and I, I don't want her to lose but i think because i and i do disagree with you in a slight way i i do think that i do think the costumes did tell a story a little bit or not a little bit i think the costumes told a story a lot in the transformation in um in eddie murphy and his character throughout the throughout the film as you saw him change a little bit and kind of evolve from a Tie, you know, run down old guy that just was not going to do it anymore to a very flamboyant um, guy that was just all about it. And he was about that pizzazz and he was about that character. And he was Dolomite. And you saw when he was Dolomite because he, he lived that character. He, he wore the outfit as that character. But on the flip side of it, Egerton's costumes my favorite one was the one where he walks in with that big old devilish because that to me it told the story of the downfall of you know Elton John as a collective whole and everything that he went through and the pain the agony the the drugs the drinking the the abuse all of these things that he went through was culminated in that costume and it was beautiful to see and I can't even argue with you because that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's my number two. I, I think Julian, she did a great job. And to be honest with you, I do think another film, in my opinion, told a fantastic thing. And you're not going to agree with me at all here. But my three is Ariana Phillips for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
Um, I love the costumes in this. I think that they were magnificent. I think that 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 I was in this era because of what you saw on the screen. I think it was brilliant. I loved it. I think that this is another. I think this is probably it, it's it's a great year for costumes. It is. I mean, there's some fantastic mm -hmm. choices out here. I think we could probably go on for hours. You know, just how deep this, in my opinion, in my, you know, and I know you kind of agree with me as well, because I think there's a lot of variances that we haven't seen yet either uh, of certain films that might be creeping up um, within the radar. But once upon a time, I love the costume design in this. I think it was brilliant and magnificent because it really puts you in that era of the film. Um, yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, I think... For me personally, Once Upon a Time is my number five. Um, I, you know, I completely forgot about it until the day. And then the more I thought about it, the more I remembered, you know, what they had and what they, you know, used and how they used it. And I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I don't have it as high as number three, but um, I, I was a fan trying to find the words right now to remember it uh it's been a while since i've seen it but you know i was a fan i thought that it really got us into the uh it really got us into the set i think the production design is probably a little bit better of getting you kind of into that world but the costumes helped as well um you know so i've got them as my number five for me my Number two, actually, because Dolomite for me is my number three. My number two is Avengers Endgame. Um, you know, Ruth, Ruth E. Carter won the award last year for Black Panther. And in this film, it not only takes all the costumes from Black Panther, it takes all the costumes from um, from Doctor Strange. It takes all the costumes from Ant-Man. It takes all the costumes from Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man, every single thing, um, every single thing they've got and uses that in one cumulative film. And I think, you know, without wonderful costumes like that, I don't think the film works as well as it does. Uh, you know, Disney launched their For Your Consideration page and their page for their costume, you know, trying to get their costume out there, was the shot of all the women standing around ready to go uh, kind of defeat Thanos. And just seeing them all again, seeing Shuri and uh, seeing Pepper Potts in the Iron Man suit, seeing Brie Larson in the Captain Marvel suit, it was all just beautiful to see. Um, you know, so much work had to go into that. And I think... In my opinion, that is the number two for me right now, um, just because I think so much had to go into all of it, and they're going to they're going to at least I I've been texting Ricky a lot. I want to put it as a lock, um, and I think the more and more I think about it, the more I think it is going to be a lock for the costume design. Um, and yeah, uh, to get back on Dolomite, I agree. I do think, you know, the more he the more he begins to become Dolomite, the more it becomes kind of a flamboyant um, costume, especially for everyone else. Also, uh, you know, the reason just the reason the only reason I don't have it higher is because I think Rocket Man built up to that devil costume. And I think 
that's how I think the costumes in Rocket Man were how he saw himself. And, you know, when he wore the devil costume, that was he that's he that's how he saw himself. He saw himself as the devil um, in that time. Um, and I think Avengers is just such a grand scale and so many costumes and so much had to go into it that I think that's what pushes that one in front of Dolomite for me. But, you know, I love Dolomite's costumes. I thought they were fantastic. Um, I mean, top three is it's great company, but for me, they are my number three right now. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. So what Jacob and I do on a week to week basis, we we normally will reveal our top five before we go on the air, or maybe a couple hours beforehand. We'll kind of dissect it a little bit. We'll poke fun at our list or something like that. So hearing that he had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that was the first I've heard of that today. Because his list did not include this film this morning, so I was like, "Oh, uh, okay." Right. I, I will explain. But what no, no, I it's it's no, no. It, it's, I will, it's fine. I, I just it completely threw me for a loop, and and the way he started talking about it, and then he transitioned into Dolomite, and I was like, "Oh my god!" We're, like we're bouncing all over the place, which will transition into my number four, which is Jacqueline Duran for Little Women. I know you had that on your list, and I think you still do. Am I correct? Yes, okay. actually in the exact same spot. Okay, and but obviously both of our reasonings behind this film is because honestly the Academy love and, and Jacob kind of pinpointed it exactly, but it's true. Like they love that old school dress, like the nineteen, you know, the early whatever twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixties, whatever style uh, outfits, and they just love it, and they just appeal to that on so many different levels, and don't get me wrong, it's, it, they're, they're beautiful to look at, you know what I mean, it is very artistic, it's very different, it's very hard, um, it was crazy for me, because I had, I had 1917 in at my four slot this morning, but then I changed it to Little Women, and it was funny, because Jacqueline Duran actually did the costumes for both 1917 and Little Women, so for me, it was like, oh, wow, like she is, first off, a rock star, honestly. I mean, and what about two polar opposite movies to do costume design yeah. on as well? I mean, you've got 19. I guess, I guess they both surround a war. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, the costume design difference is pretty crazy, but uh, Little Women's a lock, and I think it's a lock, in my opinion. Um, I think that, to be honest with you, Dolomite, Rocket Man, and Little Women are my three really lock, lock, locks in. But, um, Jacob, you have uh, Little Women as well, right? Yes, I do, actually. Um, you know, for the same for the same reason that you said, um, you know, we talk, like he said, we talk all the time. And the best costume design always has some old type of, you know, old dresses, um, you know, old-timey kind of, garb for uh for everyone you know last last year there was mary queen of scots mary poppins returns the favorite ballad of buster scruggs you know all four of those movies are set back in the 19 you know well probably the 1940s and earlier um you know the year before or you had um darkest hour beauty and the beast uh which actually you said jacqueline duran was the one who did um, 1917 Little Women, right? Yes. She did both Beauty and the Beast and The Darkest Hour that that's, year. That's insane. <laughs> um, and she actually, hey, she got nominated for both of them. She did. So she could get 1917 and uh, the and um, Little Women. Um, but 
you know, like I'm saying, last year or 2017, there was Beauty and the Beast, Phantom Thread, Darkest Hour, Shape of Water, Victoria and Abdul. You know, those are all all old type of movies. Year before that, Florence Foster Jenkins, Fantastic Beast, Allied, Jackie. You know, La La Land was the outlier, but it was all 19. 19- 60s and earlier the year before that and this is where i'll stop because it just keeps going and going and going the danish girl cinderella um the revenant carol you know films from back in the day and i just think uh i think there's always at least one film that is an old uh you know period piece that has costumes that get in I think this year it's going to be Little Women. Um, you know, it's set in the 1860s. It's set during the Civil War, and so there's going to be all that civil, the Civil War era um, designs. And you know, if the film, if I think the only way that it doesn't get in is if 1917 does get in, and for that to happen, I think. Little Women will have to underperform at the Oscars, and then 1917 will have to perform to expectations or overperform. Um, but I think, you know, for right now, I've got Little Women in as my number four, and I think it's it's a solid four right there. Yeah, I agree as well, and that's going to transition into my five, which is actually the Irishman, Sandy Powell's costume design on that. Um to me, it feels like an Irishman year, and I think that they're gonna they're, they're probably gonna lead the way with nominations, in my opinion. Um, I do think that the costume design on this is going to be fantastic with the retro threads, um, the very mob style ish uh, attire that kind of goes along with it. So, Irishman, it, it's not a lock for me, honestly, but um, it's my soft five. But it really wouldn't surprise me. I fully expect the Irishman to really clean up with nominations and. I think it's going to even come down to these little things as well. Jacob, who See, do you have slotted as your number five? Uh, I've actually already done all my five. Okay. Um, I've touched on all five of them now that I realize, and so I'm just going to go over it kind of as a whole. Um, my one through five is Rocket Man one, Avengers Endgame two, oh, yeah. Dolomite three, Little Women four. Once Upon a Time was five. Okay. So that yeah. makes it that makes it completely sense to me because whenever you said that I was and guys this is exactly why we you know we record over on the air like this but uh, so my five is Dolomites one Rocket Man two Once Upon a Time three four is Little Women and five is The Irishman uh, that was just hilarious how that transitioned and well actually, um, <laughs> go but ahead. to to talk for a second um, you know I I think. Uh, I think I agree. I do think the Irishman is going to get a lot of nominations, but, and this is a big, but it's got a whole great war that it's got to get over. And like Ricky said earlier, we're going, we're actually getting to go see 1917 in under a month now. And if 1917 pans out, I mean, that, you know, that could give an Irishman running, running for its money. Um, I don't think, I think there's going to be one film that gets a bulk of nominations. And I do think Irishman is going to get a lot of tech nominations as well as, um, you know, the big six, but if 1917 pans out how it's supposed to, I think 1917 can take a lot away from it. 
Um, just to let Ricky and everyone know, my number five until he brought up Once Upon a Time was Aladdin. Now, I have good reasoning because the costumes in Aladdin didn't suck. The costumes actually in Aladdin were pretty cool. And I mean, they were colorful, flamboyant. My issue with the film was they didn't help tell the story. They just were kind of there. Um, But, you know, when I was first thinking, you know, what could it be? uh, That's the one where I saw, you know, just by sheer looks of it, could see it getting in. Because I know it's hard to make costumes. I know it's hard to make costumes look like this. And so Aladdin was my number five, but I have kicked it out for now and um in favor of once upon a time uh i actually liked aladdin so i will not have any aladdin slander on this fil- uh, on this podcast i really enjoyed that film i thought will smith knocked it out of the ballpark um actually i didn't even think of that one that's actually a really good one because there really is some really beautiful costumes and, and yeah the whole the whole film. i can't remember what song it was but the whole uh the prince ali yeah that whole scene i mean yeah it was it even was, the elephants were wearing costumes it was beautiful folks do us a favor head on over to visualprofitmovies.com to check out all of jacob's movie reviews um you can check out his 2020 oscar productions as a collective whole in his site do the same for me at thesportscript.com. You can check out all my latest movie reviews. I've got my brand new Parasite movie uh, review up on there. And uh, you can check out my 2020 Oscar predictions. And that's for all the categories ourselves. Um, give Jacob a follow on Twitter at VP underscore movies. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. Give the podcast a follow. Give the podcast a follow, folks, at um, MCDI pod. Um, Folks, next week, I can give you a spoiler alert already of what we're going to be tackling. We're actually going to go see The Irishman on Friday. We are both very excited about it. So next week, we're going to tackle The Irishman, and then we're also going to segue that into talking about the supporting actor race, um, which we are both very excited because we feel like that might have to be at least six or seven podcasts because there's so many supporting actors this year that could or could not be nominated um but folks do us a favor support the content share the share the stuff when it's out there like it subscribe to it on itunes give us a five-star review give us a nice little bump on there and until next time jacob and i will talk to you guys soon and don't forget to go to the movies